And then this one going. Here we go. Monday already. How can it not be good? Start of a new work week. It's been a busy weekend. More and more, this seems sort of like a maintenance trip, if you will. Workouts in. Still doing 11 kilometers this morning. That was kind of a bit. WTF is a tube steak. Has your mother ever pulled this on you before? Cool here in Winnipeg, but we'll warm up next weekend. And uh, moving ahead with a little bit more of a development on the language vlog. Folks, it's uh, Monday, July 17th, 2023. I'm Stephen Sersky. Hope you are doing well wherever you are in the world. From Canada to Britain to Ukraine to China down to Australia. Wherever you're situated, I hope um, things are going as well as they can given the situation, I know Ukraine, I am hearing a lot more Ukrainian voices on the streets uh, of what of Winnipeg here. A lot more. Like, we're talking, like, pure Ukrainian, not, um, uh, like, English-speaking Ukrainian. We're talking, it's all Ukrainian. Uh, and a lot of mothers with their children, I guess, is sort of be to be, uh, to be expected at this point. But that is one big development I'm seeing in uh, Winnipeg so far. So I am Stephen Sersky, and this is uh, my podcast. I publish this uh, Monday to Friday uh, up on my website, stephensersky.com. Also streaming on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, other platforms as well. This is sort of my um, daily audio blog. It's meant to be a uh, recollection of the things that I, I've done uh, throughout the day. Uh, and I, I've kind of labeled it, taglined it, uh, you know, the uh, life and times of a working traveler. Because I, I, I do typically live in Beijing, China. Um, I've lived in other places around the world, uh, but uh, I didn't start this podcast until 2021. And I've continued on doing it. I'm looking at the uh, the Anchor page, the Anchor.fm page, and it says 583 episodes. Might actually be a few less than that. Probably about 580 or so. Only because on that site I have a few unpublished episodes. Like I have other episodes that haven't been um, published so but 580 episodes that's basically been pretty consistent uh, if I haven't published it on the day I've published it within usually 12 to 14 hours of the day ending sort of thing and that's typically typically because uh, I've either like passed out because from exhaustion I usually record these later on uh, in the evening uh, right now it's 10 o'clock p.m. Winnipeg time and I'm uh, recording this uh, now so um, anyway, yeah, in Winnipeg for another week or so will be, uh, I've been visiting a lot of people and uh, for those of you fellow expats, uh, you know, it's sometimes being an expat, I mean, a lot of times it has its benefits and there's, there's a reason why we've become expats. There's a reason why, uh, we've left our hometowns, our homelands, uh, to seek out, if not greener pastures, then at least uh, concrete buildings that offer bigger paychecks than what we could find back in our homelands. Um, China's one of them. <laughs> and uh, it's, a lot of times we don't get to see the people that we grew up with, uh, who we are familiar with, who might, you know, get us, if you will. Uh, but that's not to say that our new host countries or our new uh accommodations won't get us and not at all just, but when we return oftentimes we are visiting a lot of people who might not go who, who might not want to leave 
they might not want to go as far as we did sort of thing. Uh, or they simply might not have the available time or the resources uh, to get over there. A lot of people I know uh, have uh, families and everything. Very difficult to go just, you know, pick up and leave. Unless, unlike some of us expats who did pick up and leave and just by ourselves, uh, some of us have started other lives. And so bringing that whole life over to the homelands can be equally um, troublesome, costly. You know, uh, I'm even looking at this. It's just me and I had to transfer through. Well, I had to go through one, two, uh, three airports basically to get to the family reunion that I had a, a couple of weeks ago. And then to get back to Beijing, it's going to be, in, well, again, it's going to be another three. It's going to be one or two stopovers, yeah, through Vancouver and then possibly through Hong Kong or Seoul, Seoul, uh, South Korea. Not sure exactly which uh, trip, uh, which flight I'm going to be taking. But so I'm sort of calling this this uh, this trip a uh, a maintenance trip because if I didn't come back now and see the people that I'm seeing, friends, the family, um, you know, as life happens, some of them might not be there later right and people get older things happen had a colleague pass away this year so it's uh you know these unexpected things happen as well um so very much if you as expats you know sometimes the onus is on us to return to the homelands uh to pay that visit uh, because we have chosen to pursue more of whatever it is uh overseas i don't know what do you guys think the other expats, is this what you, is this the sense that you get? Do you do you sense? Do you have a sense of obligation? Is it a sense of duty to go see people back in the homelands, uh, or do you do it for yourself to sort of reset? Which is, is it's kind of funny because we go home and we talk to people and they're like, well, how how is China? <laughs> my my current joke is like I I have no idea how China is because I I work from home. I work out at home. I never really go much farther than a kilometer away from my apartment in any one direction. Seldomly. So uh, even learning Chinese, it's all online. I'm not talking, I'm not moving around the city very much. Uh, I mean, three, four years, five years ago I was, but nowadays not so much. Um, so, yeah. And then you, you come back and you, you come... How's Winnipeg? How's Canada? And Canada does seem to have some issues. Uh, Winnipeg seems to have some issues that are prevalent uh, throughout a lot of cities in North America. Uh, huge substance abuse pro, uh, um, issue going on here in in Winnipeg as we speak. Uh, it's it's bizarre to see, and I've been talking to a lot of people about it, and no one really has sort of one any one reason why this is happening. Uh, why this would you call it like a deterioration of the core? Because it's not just the core. It, uh, 30 years ago, uh, the downtown core in Winnipeg was sort of uh, not just a, a you know a, a rough area, but it was also like not very good. Like it was just kind of worn down. It, things aren't worn down in Winnipeg, but the people, there does seem to be a bit of a, a malaise which has always permeated the Winnipeg attitude. The Winnipeg mentality has always been one of like, you know, not of defeat, but certainly that doesn't happen here. 
Winnipeg is not a city for ambitious people. At least not like pe- people who are born here. If they're ambitious, typically they're going to move away. It's just how the filtration process goes. Winnipeg's good to raise families. Um, it's good for, and I've I've seen a lot of um, immigrants, and I've met a lot of people who know of Winnipeg, uh, if not because they know someone who's living here, or because they came across uh, their research on places to live, because of, like the cost of living used to be very low. I've been told that things have gotten a lot more expensive over the years. Uh, I haven't done uh, enough research to really uh, determine whether or not it has, and my costs. Um, they haven't really changed. I haven't seen anything that's really too... If anything, I've seen things a lot cheaper here, but I'm used to paying Beijing prices. Like For example, shampoo or conditioner, hair products, um, um, toiletries and stuff like that, far more expensive in Beijing. Far more. We're talking like in, in mouthwash, uh, family value size, and same with the shampoo. You get the family value size, it's like we're talking like a liter, 1.5 liters of whatever, and it's on sale for like four bucks. <laughs> Shampoo was four dollars or five dollars for a liter or two liters, liter, liter, liter and a half. Um, mouthwash was, I think it was twelve dollars for 1.5 liters or something. I am paying twelve dollars for half that amount in Beijing. Shampoo, I I buy mine on sale now because Regular price would be pushing $20 for like 650 mils, 750 mils, something like that, right? Alcohol, kind of similar. It actually might be, I don't know if it's cheaper in Beijing. No, I think I mentioned this before. The one thing I have noticed that is cheaper in Beijing is the cost of books. So some of the books that I see that are like new releases here in Canada uh, are actually cheaper to buy in China, but we're talking like by ten, fifteen dollars, you can buy the same ones on uh, Jing Dong or uh, Dang Dang is the other one. I think far cheaper than buying them here in in Canada and uh, bringing them with you. Now, of course, that's if the books are available. As we all know, China does like to filter through uh, its uh, reading materials. Uh, but all that being the case, I mean, it's, it's been good to be back in uh, in Winnipeg again. Uh, I did finally go to Pan Am uh, Pool. So today I, was, I did get my workouts in. Uh, and this is actually the other thing about being an expat and coming back to visit the hometown, the homelands and stuff like that. I'm not sure about you guys. Do you ever get the sense that it's like, it's the last one? It's the last one ever? Like I, it's It's almost like... When you first go, when you first move to a place, you take pictures of everything. You're documenting everything. You're going, oh look at, isn't that kind of cool how they do that thing, how they do this, and look at what they eat over here and this. If I could only send you the smell of this place, it would be complete sort of thing. It's the same with my return to to uh, Winnipeg here, return to Canada, that I'm taking pictures of all the food that people would just like. We don't take pictures of this food. <laughs> I was taking pictures of. Sunday dinner and people are like why I'm like because people ask me what we eat in Canada and honestly I've forgotten I don't remember I can tell you I, I can remember now my mom makes this chicken she puts this chicken in a big roast pan and she puts a bunch of barbecue sauce on it everything and, and puts it on the oven for I don't know, a couple hours or whatever hour or so done uh, chicken tenders chicken fingers that sort of stuff potato salad you know so 
things like this like i guess that would be part of the canadian cuisine even though would you call would you consider it to be canadian cuisine i, I don't is potato salad canadian cuisine it's probably somewhere else it's, it's not canadian definitely imported so i'm taking pictures of these things posting them online people are like kind of laughing it's like it looks like you've never been to canada before and very much i haven't been in uh in four years five years anyway uh did get to go to um pan am pool which is the uh, massive pool that's uh, here uh, in, uh, in in Winnipeg, used for the 1967 Pan Am Games or the 19-something-7 Pan Am Games. I can't remember. It was built a very long time ago. Still looks like it was built back then. The facilities have been maintained, kept up, modified, and upgraded over the years, so it's still a very solid uh, place to go. The gym has not changed in the five years since I've been there. Uh, they did have one treadmill that was very soft like a and i guess these are for uh people who have who have bad knees or something like that or bad joints because I, I was running on it going this is way too soft for me i, I don't like this I, I can't feel anything uh typically like you know i either run outside which i did this morning or i run barefoot on my indoor treadmill not running on these really soft uh gym treadmills and stuff like that uh, so that's the only one machine difference I could tell. All the weights, the same. Machines, pretty much the same. I guess the people change. I don't go there often enough to really tell. So uh, you tell me, has, a, has the Pan Am pool clientele changed very much? Uh, locker room looks the same. <laughs> uh, one thing I did notice, actually, um, and I'm not sure how big of an issue this is, uh, and I know China also was sort of cracking down on this as well, is... Um, looking out for people taking pictures at the pool. This was, um, I remember this being mentioned years ago uh, when I went to like uh, went to see my niece's swim and I, there's, a, there's a poster on the wall saying don't take pictures, basically. In the locker rooms, they do have full-color posters saying be on the watch out, be on the lookout for people who are, you know, taking pictures or leering or things like that so that is a new development that i don't remember being there years ago uh that um was was present obviously present uh this time at pan am pool all being in case all the facilities seem to be the same they again i can i say they looked a little small because they have these um it's one of these pools that has since it's like a uh, an international competition pool they um have those diving boards, right? All the way up to, I think it's 15 meters or something like that. And I remember being terrified of those things. I'm looking at it now going, it's, it's not that tall, is it? Get, not that I'm saying I'd go jump off it right away. Uh, but of all those, of the whole place, like the pool, I remember it being ginormous. And now I'm kind of looking at it going, it's, it's substantial size. You know, it, it's a decent size, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like Beijing pool or any bigger. I, I, I nothing at all. Uh, it sure it certainly smelled cleaner because it smelled like chlorine and it, uh, it looked like it had been taken care of as well. So that that was actually uh, quite nice to see. Overall, I mean, it was very good. It was cheap. It was like eight bucks, eight bucks to go into the weight room for like it was a whole day pass. That's actually why I went. Um, two weeks ago, I bought this slam ball at Canadian Tire, thinking, oh, I'll save myself some money. You know, I'll go work out outside, not realizing it's going to be cold for the entire... 
basically the entire time I'm here in uh, Winnipeg. But I also want to want to get out. I want to go work out. I want to uh, lift heavy weights. So I did actually get to go do that. Tried my bench press. I benched, what was it? Uh, the, the total I hit, the highest amount I hit was 15 once, 100 pounds, 145 pounds. And I benched that five times. Um, I wasn't really pushing it. My right shoulder is still kind of, the tweak that was there was more pronounced when I was doing the bench. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy who like, you know, squinches himself in the, in the, in the bench press. Uh, also I kind of had to, had trouble sort of figuring out how to, like what I should do in a gym. Cause I typically don't have all of this equipment at my disposal. Uh, so ended up doing some bench. I did some squats and, uh, lunges and stuff like that. Uh, I also went on like, I guess they're not the girls machine, the, the abductors and the adductor machine. So if you've been following along, I've been working on my hip mobility for a long time. And typically at a gym, you would almost never see a guy sit down on the adductors or the adductors machine. The one where you, you have to spread your legs and it just looks really bad. <laughs> like there's really no way to make it look good. Um, and so I was sitting there and I go on the lightest weight possible. I'm straining. And no doubt there's some people looking at me going, what the, the Mr. Big Beard over there is straining with that, with the girly machine. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that anyone said this to me, but I was trying, I'm thinking like this is, that $8 was worth it enough to go to sit on that machine and to start rehabbing my hip, building up the muscles. I'm like, this is fantastic. It saves me the physiotherapy appointment. Maybe I'll go anyway, but uh, it was it was good that I was able to try out so many different machines um, and uh, just lift different amounts of weight over. I think I stayed there for a total of two hours working out, which was decent enough. Here's a question for you. you know, how do you know? actually as an expat as a visitor to a uh, a city you, you spend ten dollars what is the value of ten bucks okay you go to the bar you wouldn't think twice of spending ten dollars on a beer or two or three or four right or fifteen dollars on a feed but a gym you go to ten bucks i'm only gonna be there for an hour what's the difference between spending ten dollars on the gym that you're gonna stay there for an hour maybe an hour and a half total maybe two hours total, and going to the bar and spending $10 on a pint. Right? Mine blown, I tells you. If you can make that transition, that jump in logic and that step in sort of, you know, belief or understanding, perception of how that $10 can be spent, all of a sudden your world opens up like, would you rather go to the bar or go to the gym for an hour and spend 10 bucks? The gym is still the cheaper option, to tell you the truth, because you're only going to spend 10 bucks, and once you're in, you're in, right? But the bar, you spend 10 bucks, the pint is gone, what are you going to do? What, not that what you got to do, what could you do? What are you going to do? Probably buy another one. Besides, bars open later, you can still go to the bar after the gym, right? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, well, of all things, I did run into uh, one guy uh, after the gym, I was went to the LC to pick up a couple beers, and uh, I ran into this guy, I'm like, oh man, it Dude, are you still working for a Long McQuaid? He's like, nah, I quit that. You know where he's working? Cannabis shop. Seems to be uh, the place where a lot of people are working these days. Anyway, so it was good uh, to get out to a pan and pool to uh, do the workout. This morning, I did do the full 11-kilometer run as well. 
uh, interspersed with uh, some push-ups and some squats. Typically, I do like one-arm push-ups and stuff like that, so I was able to do some of them. Uh, basically, I ran six kilometers all the way to the end, and on the on the way back, every bench that I saw, I did five or ten push-ups or squats or anything like that, and just made that point. So it only took me 90 minutes. It was a, an hour and a half to do the whole thing. And I'm like, good, done, check. Let's get on to other things. WTF is a tube steak. Oh, this was disappointing. Saturday night uh, when Mummy is watching MASH. She loves watching MASH reruns. And I remember her cackling when uh, I was younger uh, watching MASH on TV. Uh, but she's like, uh, oh, Stephen, the tube steaks are ready. And I thought, tube steak? Oh, this, and this is, you know, it was all sorts of different ribeyes, prime rib, uh, all sorts of roasts and stuff like that. Uh, tube steak. I'm like, I, I think I know what a tube steak is. Turns out she was talking about hot dogs. Like we're talking like the the cheap hot, the Schneider's hot dogs that you buy in basically bulk. 12, uh, 12 hot dogs for 12 wieners for how much? Like three bucks sort of thing. And then of course the, uh, what kind of bread is it? The Wonder Bread, the hot dog buns. So these are the ones that you can't get in Beijing. And this is, the, I remember talking about this a while ago, finding a decent hot dog in Beijing and in China. You can't find them. The, the meat that they use, the reconstituted whatever they put into their hot dogs in China is vastly different than the stuff they use here in Canada. And coupled with the white bread that uh, we use here in Canada for, to, to make these hot dogs, uh, and we're talking like it's the size of your, your palm, the size of your hand sort of thing. You put some mustard and ketchup and onions on it. It's fantastic. No way is it healthy for you. Lots of sugar and pretty much no protein at all. Um, this is I. You can't get them in China, so I've been eating them um, for the last I don't know a couple of days or something like that. So I'm getting to the point where uh, it's kind of nice to have. Look, thank you. I've tried them. Now we need to move on to uh, something else. Daily burger. <laughs> Go try out the chili burger from the place down the street. Possibly tomorrow. We'll see about that. Uh, cool here in Winnipeg, but we'll warm up next week as I'm leaving. I do actually have to start making my way back, which is kind of disappointing because, you know, I, I mean, I've been here, basically I've been in Winnipeg for a week, just over a week, and I've had enough trouble trying to organize the, the six items of clothing I've brought, or thereabouts, whatever, and, uh, it's not, like, okay, I can live out of a backpack, and I, I remember now why I hate doing this, because, you do live out of a backpack, and you kind of have to make do with whatever room's available to you sort of thing. Um, unlike in my place, I throw my stuff wherever, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, my space is my space sort of thing. But here, it's it's borrowed space, and uh, I got to kind of make sure that my stuff, not only that I can keep track of where it is, but uh, also keep it somewhat ordered in the sense that uh, if I lose anything... I'll get my, my OCD will kick in and be like, oh, where did I lose it? Where did I lose that one sock? Where did I lose that pen sort of thing? Because I know exactly what I brought, right? I know, I know, down to, I mean, well, I used to give all, gave away all the gifts, but all the other stuff, I mean, there's only so many nail clippers you can bring, right? Like, it's not like I have six of them around the house. It's that I have one that I know works for me, and I brought that, right? And you don't want to lose it because you're like, oh, you got to hunt for a new set or something like that. Created a Facebook page for my language vlog. So I've been trying to, thinking about expanding this a little bit more. I've talked about this before. 
Um, this language vlog, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Stephen's Language Vlog. And I, kind of, I was thinking about how to name this thing across the different socials and whether or not I really want to, to tell you the truth. Like, do, do I want to expand this into something that um, is a, uh, like a business venture or do I just want to keep it as a hobby or just something that I do just to keep track of my own sort of um, language acquisition, blah, blah, blah. It's been both. Although lately I found that uh, one of the things I want to do is make available some of the things I've learned about language learning over the years, uh, particularly as it pertains to teaching English. So if someone doesn't know English and they're looking for a teacher, I want to create some content that uh, they would be able to use in their own learning. But then also some of the things I've learned about language learning in general that can help not just English learners, but language learners who know English because I'm speaking English uh, and uh, help them learn their target language instead. Create a Facebook page. You can you can look at it, Stephen's language page on Facebook. You can look that up and then follow me. I have zero followers. I just set it up, what, today, yesterday or something like that? Um, and I've been thinking about whether or not I should jump onto uh, LinkedIn and TikTok and stuff like that. And I've got fascinating names for all of them. You're going you're gonna to laugh when you see how I've named all of them. It is nothing spectacular at all. It is completely like... you. For a guy who creates bizarre, modern, new age musical ventures, you couldn't come up with a better name for your uh, language vlog? No, I couldn't. Folks, I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website. All updated now. StevenSersky.com. Stay warm out there. Eat your broccoli. Try your tube steaks and uh, get your workouts in. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.